Thank you for joining us for Digging Deeper with Gary Johnson. This radio program is dedicated to getting into the deeper levels of God's Word and learning how to live the life He has created for us. Let's join Gary now as he opens the Word and teaches us to dig deeper. Welcome, my friends, to Digging Deeper. Again, this is Gary Johnson. As I always say, I look forward to talking to you every week. You make my day. You are my family. I want to be in your family. Contact me if there's any way I can help you. My email is g77j77 at yahoo.com. I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to even counsel you. Don't be afraid to to let me know what your need is. And uh, as I like to mention once in a while, these programs are on podcast. That is, they're on archives. And so if you miss one or two or three, they're still there for a long, long time. Just go to kslr.com and look for archives or look for podcasts and, uh, and then look for Digging Deeper. And they are there by date. There's also a KSLR app. I've been uh, asking the Lord today to, to lead me into, into what we should do. And he told me one thing. I want you, he said, to build up my people's faith because there are needs out there that can be made, can be uh, solved, can be handled, can be resolved if we will step into his faith. The Bible is so full of simple faith stories where Jesus was eager to give and and no matter what the situation was, even how tired he was, how many people came to him, he was still willing to meet their needs. And he's the same today, yesterday and forever, isn't he? So this is today. And I, I want you to be ready right now to listen to me and to allow your faith to increase. Has your mind been on your need I'm not saying that's wrong. The only way we can come to Jesus is if we recognize we do have a need. But we cannot allow ourselves to be focused entirely on the need. We must allow ourselves to be focused on the solution. Jesus is the answer. And so today I'm saying to you, whatever your need is, Jesus is the answer for you. Let's connect with him today in a new and more wonderful and more powerful way than we ever have. I'm going to use today scripture from Matthew chapter 8 and chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, please open them to Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, and turn to chapter 8. We'll be starting there in just a moment But let's introduce today's lesson with prayer. Would you bow your head with me as I pray? Heavenly Father, this is such a glorious day. And it's glorious primarily because you are here. You've allowed the airways to be filled with the truth, the knowledge, the glory of your word and and, and your truth and especially to know that it applies to me, that things that were done by Jesus, words that were spoken by Jesus while he was here in the flesh 2,000 years ago, 
are the same today as they were then. He set a pattern. And if we will just look at the pattern, which I purpose myself to do right now, I can appropriate that same power and strength in my life and be a new person today, ready and willing to serve you, Lord, in a better way than ever before. We give you thanks and praise for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible open to Matthew chapter 8, Jesus has just finished giving the well-known Sermon on the Mount, which covered Matthew 5, 7, 5, 6, and 7. Uh, I happened to think while I was reviewing the Sermon on the Mount when I was in seminary and even when I was in the Air Force and they were teaching me how to speak, they always said, give three main points. People cannot seem to remember more than three main points. And and even today, I notice in many sermons uh, and pastors, uh, they model their sermons after that principle. I'm going to just speak on three main points, and everything will be gathered underneath that, and I will have Scripture to support it. I, I'm not against that. I think that's terrific. But when I read the Sermon on the Mount, again, uh, 5, 6, and 7, it was difficult for me to see that Jesus had these grouped under just three main headings. I'm not sure how many there are. But he went from one basic principle to another. And, uh, and that's, I think that's great because he knew it would be a part of New Testament Scripture until he came again. And so when people look at this and read it over and over again, which I invite you to, there's nothing quite like Jesus' sermons, we are able to pick up something new to apply to our need right now that's different from when we read it last week. And that happened to me when I was rereading the Sermon on the Mount. So I'm not concerned how many points he had there. He has a lot of points because he needs a different point for you today than, than they, that you need next week or next month or next year. It's all there in print for the Holy Spirit to lift off the page into your spirit. But here we have Jesus now. Jesus coming down off the, the mount uh, of, uh, of where he gave the, uh, the sermon. And, uh, and so he's coming down, and I, I want to remind you, the last couple of verses in chapter 7, where he gave the sermon, it says, When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. <laughs> I'm reading from the Message Bible today, by the way, by Eugene Peterson. Uh, sometimes we think of this as a paraphrase, but I can tell you something. It has opened me up to an understanding of some scripture that I never quite did have an understanding of before. And so I'm leaning toward reading this to you today. I believe you will appreciate the simplicity and that the powerful truth that comes through in this version. So it says the crowd burst into applause when Jesus was done. How many times have you done that in church when your pastor has done with his message? He says they had never heard any teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying, which was quite a contrast to their religion teachers. We will know them by their fruit, won't we? And Jesus was absolutely 100% living in accordance with what he spoke. 
And it says here this was the best teaching they had ever heard. So that was at the end of chapter 7, and that's what moves us now into chapters 8 and 9, that I want you to see what Jesus did. In in 5, 6, and 7, he spoke. But in 8 and 9, he did. And it's the doing, I think, that is going to raise your faith up today. Jesus came down the mountain with the cheers of the crowd still ringing in his ears. And what happened? The people were ready for him. The needs were there for him to meet. Then a leper appeared, it says, and went to his knees before Jesus, praying, Master, Master, if you want to, you can heal my body. Already referring to him as Master, this lowly carpenter. But when when people saw him speak with the authority of God that came through him and the genuine life he lived, they called him Master. And so he says here, Master, if you want to, you can heal my body. And did, did, Jesus, did Jesus give him a lecture? Did Jesus put it off and say, well, maybe tomorrow? Of course not. Jesus is just as quick to meet the need of healing and wholeness and the deliverance for you when your faith is there just as he was for this man. And so Jesus reached out and touched him. He can touch you today. And he said, I want to. I want to heal you. Be clean. Friend, please don't ever let anyone make you doubt that Jesus wants to make you well. Jesus wants you to live an abundant life. He says, I came to give life and life abundantly. I believe we live an abundant life when, when his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. How is it in heaven? There's no disease. There's no illness. There's no sickness. There's no infirmity. And we need to believe that Jesus is just as willing to make you whole and well today as he was when he walked the earth back then. Because he sits at the right hand of the Father and the whole earth is brought into, into, into his domain. And, and his power is available now as much as it was then. And so he said to this man, I want to heal you. Be clean. So just in a few short words, he eliminated the confusion as to whether he would even heal him, and then he immediately healed him. Then and there, all signs of the leprosy were gone, Scripture says. And then Jesus says, don't talk about this all over town. Just quietly present your healed body to the priest, along with the appropriate expressions of thanks to God, because your cleansed and grateful life, not your words, will bear witness to what I have done. Uh, I've studied why Jesus, at the beginning, told people not to go say anything about his miraculous works. And I believe it is because he knew his time was not yet at hand. And if, he, if they went out and stirred up the opposition... There, there may be a movement to move him toward the cross quicker than the Father's 
timely will. And so right now he says to this man, just don't talk about it. Just go present yourselves uh, to the priest as the law said to do and, and live your life in grateful obedience to me. Of course, there was a crowd there, and you know good and well, <laughs> the crowd went ahead and talked about it anyway. And, and Jesus, of course, knew they would. So here's his first healing, and I want you to see this first principle. Leprosy is a, <clears throat> is a sickness that is no match for Jesus, no match for his desire to heal, and no match for his power to heal. And whatever your sickness or problem is today, I want you to know, using this as an example, Jesus wants to do it, and he will do it. Now let's go on. We're at verse 5 now of chapter 8. As Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, which was his home on the Sea of Galilee, a Roman captive, captain, the uh, King James, of course, says a centurion. Uh, this is a Roman army officer. Came up in a panic and said, Master, my servant is sick. He can't walk. He's in terrible pain. Now, does it appear that this Roman captain has any question about whether Jesus wants to heal? No, not whatsoever. He absolutely knows 100% that Jesus desires to heal, heal, but he also knows, apparently, 100% that Jesus will do it. And so Jesus said, I'll come and I'll heal him. Oh, no, verse 8. Oh, no, said the captain. I don't want to put you to all that trouble. Just give the order, and my servant will be fine. I'm a man who takes orders and gives orders. I tell one soldier, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. To my slave, I say, do this, and he does it. Oh, my friend, today I want you to take a good look at this picture. The Jews were under the dominion of the Romans at this time. The Romans were in total government. They selected officials to rule the areas, and then the Jews were under one of these areas, and the Romans stationed military people uh, in the regions in order to maintain obedience, obedience and peace. And this Roman soldier was there to represent the Roman government and to keep the Jews in subjection. So from that perspective... Shouldn't Jesus be calling him master? Oh, but no. This Roman officer, and this is the first occasion of a Gentile coming with such great faith to Jesus. This Roman a centurion captain came to Jesus and called him master and said, my servant is sick. He can't walk. He's in terrible pain. And Jesus says, I'll come right now and heal him. So Jesus was offering to come to the place where the servant was. Oh, but the man said, the man said to Jesus, you don't even have to do that. I know what you're like. You're in control of all the spirits. You're in control of, of, all, uh, of, all, uh, of all demons. You're in control of everything under heaven. You're in control of all power on earth. 
Why should you have to come to my house? Because I have such faith in you that I know you can just speak the word and be healed. And this man can be healed. My servant can be healed. Had he heard of of Jesus' miracles before? Well, I would say so. Because back before the Sermon on the, on the Mount, back in chapter 4, it says that Jesus went all over Galilee. So people had seen him everywhere. He had seen him before this. He had seen the miracles that Jesus wrought. He had seen the healings. So he had no question in his mind that Jesus would do it and could do it. Verse 10 says, Taken aback, Jesus said, I've yet to come across... This kind of simple trust in Israel, in the people that I came first to save. Because Paul said to the Jew first, but then also to the Greek, to the Gentile. I have yet, he said, to see this kind of simple trust in Israel. The word simple is so important there. Simple just means all you've got to do is believe. There's no formula you have to go through. There's no way you have to work it up or anything like that. Jesus said, all you got to do is just simply believe. And he said, this Roman centurion simply believes. He said, the Israel, the very people who are supposed to know all about God and how he works, doesn't have this kind of faith. This man is the vanguard of many outsiders who will soon be coming from all directions streaming in from the east, pouring in from the west, sitting down at God's kingdom banquet alongside Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, I believe the doctrine in the New Testament teaches this will be the time after the rapture when believers are in heaven and have a banquet with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Then he said, those who grew up in the faith but had no faith will find themselves out in the cold, outsiders to grace, and wondering what happened. So Jesus uses this opportunity to teach, to teach the importance of just having simple faith. You can grow up in a family, you see, that went to church and believed in God and did good things. But you, can't, you cannot depend on that. You can't depend on their faith or whether they really had faith or not. All you really can depend upon right now is your simple faith in the fact that Jesus Christ is for you right now. He wants to take care of your need, and he is able and will take care of your need. So I'm saying to you right now, be like this Roman army soldier. He was not even part of the flock that that Jesus was immediately supposed to minister to. Maybe you don't consider yourself part of the flock either. Don't worry about it. If you're listening to this program right now and you have a need, Jesus is here for you at this moment and he's going to take care of it. I have absolute confidence that he is. The word here says it. The word right in front of me makes it clear he is. Jesus turned back to the captain, this is verse 13, and said, go. What you believed could happen has happened. And at that moment, his servant became well. 
At this moment, my friend, you can become well. Whatever need that you have is in Jesus' hands right now, and his outstretched arms are holding you, and he's looking in your eyes right now. Don't you see his tender face? Don't you see his mercy? Don't you see right now he's saying to you, I love you, I forgive you, I know what you've done. But don't feel that you have completely kept yourself away from me. I have waited for you. I have waited for this moment on this day for you to come back to me so that I could make everything right. He's ready to do that for you. And we're going to pray in just a couple of minutes. Now going on to verse 14. And it says, by this time, they were in front of Peter's house. Now I was in Capernaum. Uh, last year, I've been there before. I know where that house is, where they believe archaeologists say, where they believe it was. And so Jesus was there at this house. And on entering, Jesus found Peter's mother-in-law, sick in bed, burning up with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever was gone. There's not even a record here that she asked him to. His love was poured out so much toward her. All he did was touch her and healer the fever was gone and no sooner was she up on her feet than she was fixing dinner for him was peter married clearly he was uh he was at, at least one of the disciples that was married because it's talking about his mother-in-law uh, that ends any excuse doesn't it for any married person to say i don't know if I can follow Christ, I don't know if I can depend upon his forgiveness. I don't know if he's for me. I don't know if I can give myself to him 100% because I have a family. Right here, Peter. Peter was out with Christ, living uh, with the disciples, and, and Jesus Christ was using him very powerfully in ministry. It, obviously, Peter had a family. And so I want you to know right now, don't let the family stop you. In fact, when you give yourself over to Jesus, he will help you. He will give you wisdom. He will give you strength to be the priest for your family and to take care of your family in a much better way than you ever have before. And uh, then finally, verse 16, it says, That evening a lot of demon-afflicted people were brought to him. He relieved the inwardly tormented and he cured the bodily ill. It says in King James, he healed all, all that came to him. Would you like right now to receive the special blessing that Jesus has for you? You can, and I want you to, and I believe you will, if you'll just bow your head and pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, I'm so glad that you sent Jesus Jesus to be my Redeemer, Jesus to be my Healer, Jesus to be my Baptizer, Jesus to be my Deliverer. Because right now I have great needs that I've never known how to handle in my own wisdom, in my own mind, in my own strength. But I've learned today that I can turn to Jesus the author and finisher of my faith. And he alone is all I need to handle all of my difficulties. 
He puts me on a brand new path of faith in him. And so right now, these stories about the centurion, about the leper, about Peter's mother-in-law, uh, come to me to lift up my faith. And so, even as a grain of mustard seed, I allow my faith right now to raise up to heaven and say, Lord Jesus, I want everything you've promised for me. I want your love that's been bestowed upon me to come into fruition and make everything right in my life. I want an abundant life. I want my focus to be on you now because I know you will do everything that I need and bring me through. Thank you, Lord, right now for handling all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Friend, I believe right now by faith that your situation is in the hands of Jesus and you can depend completely upon him. Go through the day glorifying him. Pick up the Bible and read the Word today. Pray to Him. Go to church. Fellowship with His people. And you'll have the most wonderful life on earth. Join me again next week and write me. Tell me what's happened to you. G77J77 at yahoo.com Many blessings. Thank you for joining us for Digging Deeper. If you would like to get in touch with host Gary Johnson, please send him an email at g77j77 at yahoo.com. Again, that email address, g77j77 at yahoo.com. Thank you again for joining us for today's program, and join us next week for Digging Deeper.